0: Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual
1: journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live
0: the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So
1: dive deep with us, Get inspired and start living your life on purpose.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design podcast with your host Dana and Shayna. Today we are having on a special guest, Tim Morrison. He facilitates different types of ceremony and does healing work with men and he's also an amazing musician who uses sacred sound in his ceremony. So we are super excited to have him on the show today and have him share his wisdom with you guys and just chat about all of the different things that he has been to use in his healing journey with other people. Um, And Shane and I are recording this right now after just experiencing the full moon lunar eclipse. So we are feeling the feels and we know that we posted for you guys on Instagram, you know, when we have these eclipses and the energy just feels really Full and like these things from the shadow are kind of being turned around and brought to the surface. The most important thing in this time is to just be there for yourself, you know, be easy on yourself. And we posted on Instagram about, you know, if you're feeling your not self theme coming out, if you're feeling yourself being triggered, to really just go back to what's the active side that I can do of my strategy. So for us as projectors, you know, going inward and building ourselves up from within and spending the time to just not feel like you have to be so productive and work so hard and keep up, but to give yourself that time and space to say, okay, like what is interesting to me? What fills my cup up? And when I do that today, when I spend time doing that, it makes it easier to come back to myself,
1: even as these shadows are being revealed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because my shadows, I didn't think were shadows if that makes sense like it's not they're not that obvious to me um are mo- mainly with this eclipse being brought to the surface of working too hard and um you know working more than that two to three hours exhausting myself as a projector but feeling like i need to, to for my business or for my life or whatever and um it's just interesting because i'm really feeling the fullness of this all but the the practice of human design is such a practice. Like we can talk about human design all day long. We can talk about these spiritual modalities and interview these amazing guests and talk about all these interesting topics all day long. But at the end of the day, it's about you actually practicing it. You actually, like when shit feels overwhelming or when it feels exhausting or just emotional or hard or whatever, really going back to okay, what have I learned about myself that I can really use in this moment right now and can I really apply it? Um, because information is just information, but practicing it, applying it is a whole other thing. And so I'm grateful for the intensity of this time because that's when you grow the most. That's when you learn the most about yourself. And that's when you're really tested of like, oh shit, okay, keep going, keep leaning in, keep using these tools that support your life. Um, So yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm like literally a (laughs) ragamuffin right now. And I'm just ready to um, take a long projector like two weeks two week (laughs) vacation. And Shayna, did you know that Saturn just retrograded
0: back into Capricorn? So it's like the very last hurrah for our Saturn return, um, which we were like thought we were out and then it's like, Oh, no, bitch, a little bit longer. (laughs) And I definitely feel that so. I'm excited to have this conversation today. I think it's going to be so nourishing. We really, really, really appreciate Tim, who we're going to have on today. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of the work that he does, his energy and his message is just so grounding. And I think it's so needed. And as we preach human design and preach all of this knowledge, this knowledge is really fascinating, but it really is only going to help you, like we're saying, if you integrate it. And if you do the healing, if you take the time to really look at the shadow aspects of things and to to face them and to transcend and to look at those old wounds and to really choose Mm -hmm. to step into the highest expression of who you're here to be. So we're excited to have this conversation. I think it's going to be really nourishing for all of us to kind of just talk about these beautiful and exciting things that um, Tim is bringing to the world and his healing. So without further ado, we want to welcome onto the show, Tim Morrison. Hi, Tim. How are you today?
2: Good. How you guys doing?
0: We're so excited to have you on all the way from Australia. And h- how is everything there right now?
2: It's not too bad. Like, I'm in, I'm in Perth, um, Western Australia. So, like, um, we're in like, what's called kind of stage four at the moment. So, a lot of businesses are back in, um, back running. Like, with events, events are still able to, to, to run as well. But there just needs to be like two square meters distance. And, um, but yeah, then that's all, all kind of good with everything that's happening. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So we're, we just want to let all of our listeners know that Tim is a 2-4 generator and we love his energy, love his vibe. And of course we resonate being a 2-4. And Tim, you do so many things. You facilitate ceremony, cacao ceremony, use plant medicines, and you're also a musician and use um, your sacred sound and ceremony. And we just, we're excited to talk about all of the different um, facets of the things that you bring to your work and to your offerings. But we kind of wanted to start, I was watching an Instagram video of you yesterday, um, playing some of your music that you use in ceremony. And it was so deeply beautiful, like so moving to me. So I wanted to start by asking you, how did you begin to use your talent for music? How did you begin bringing that into ceremony? What was that Mm. process like for you?
2: So I grew up. Uh, quite musical and quite a good musical family. And my mum is an amazing musician and she's actually a really incredible sound healer. Like she's very, very shamanic. And so, you know, I learned music, <clears throat> like studied guitar from maybe 10 years old. And then um, it wasn't really until, you know, I went through this big awakening that I started to, you know, dive deeper into sound and, and all that kind of stuff. And my mom was actually mentoring me a lot through that, um, through that process. And it was one of my first trips to the jungle working with ayahuasca. And when I came back, I went through this big shamanic awakening, which lasted for about six months. And I was in and out of altered states of consciousness. Um, And it was like a really wild time. I was seeing spirits, seeing voices and seeing energy and, and um, in and out of like these like two stage streams and, and just learning a lot through from, from the spirit realms. Right. And then um, when I got through that process, uh, it was like this: the the spirit of Kikau had had come to me and was like, "Now's your time to serve me into your community, and I'm going to guide you on exactly how that's going to look." And during that time, I didn't really know much about what it was going to be, but I just trusted in that. And um, through that period, you know, my mum was was mentoring me a lot with sound, healing, how to use sound, how to open up and close spaces, how to really work quite deeply through sound with with people, and it started to just really evolve from there. And uh, it was actually working with with Cambo, which is a Amazonian frog medicine, <clears throat> which is um, an excretion from from the like the, the the venom or the poison of the frog, and you put it onto your arms or into like little burn holes, and it's a deep purgative process, and it's a deep cleanse, deep clearing, and it also brings everything into alignment, and it's like a that's also like a medicine of the heart. It allows your heart to beat back into alignment with your soul's soul's path. And after working with Cambo for um, for some time all of a sudden I just felt like I could just play different instruments and then they the instruments started talking to me and started um like teaching me how they wanted to be to be played. And then so it was like I started to um to connect with the spirits of each instrument um and they would show me their their songs. And then so each instrument kinda of had their own path and um in Peru I met a guy called Tito La Rosa who's an amazing sound healer, amazing um I plays the flute, makes like most of my flutes are either from him or his son. And I met him at a market store randomly and he just just kinda took me in and just showed me how to play, play the flute and how to connect to it deeper. And um, for whatever reason we had some sort of like a heart connection and I felt like I received this deep transmission from that. And then so that's how the the flutes, so all the different styles of flutes, um, kinda came through was that. And then the other <clears throat> that I play quite a lot is through, is, is with the didgeridoo, or it's like traditional name is the yidaki and um, I was, started playing that all the time and I could never really get that circular breathing kind of happening um, and my mom's worked with the indigenous community for about you know, 20, 25 years and one of her friends said to her, I, I can help your son um, play and he's like a local yidaki healer and so I went over to his house one day I had a bit of resistance as well i didn't like obviously something was going to shift and change in that moment for him but I had a lot of resistance going to to learn from him um, but when I was there he he gave me this amazing transmission and dished around me and I was able to circle and breathe and a big part of that for me was learning Hiida from a um, indigenous man like a Nunga man was having was giving the um was receiving the grace from a from a local man to to play the, the sacred instrument in ceremony and then after that had to go and um, speak to one of the elders to ask permission as well to play Yidaki in ceremony. So that's how those instruments kind of came in. And the rest with the voice, the voice kind of came through as well um, through my mum activating through through that. And then during this um, shamanic awakening that I went through, the earth started speaking to me as well. And she was asking me to sing her songs to remind people of who they are, to remind people of their heart. Remind people of their home, and she was just saying that people are hurting at the moment, and you need to reconnect them, and it's it's got to come through your voice. So then, like these, like these medicine songs, just started coming through me, and a lot of the time, it was, you know, not so much words, but through different tones and sounds, and like vowel variations. Um, And then that all kind of like, you know, tied in in together for for the ceremony, and um, a lot of it learning through Mum as well of of how to harness, how to connect individually with each person within the space and then with collectively of the space and then also to channel the the energy of the earth and also to channel the the sounds of the star people as well. So it creates that really amazing kind of soundscape through that. And um, it started off like um, just kind of playing one instrument at a time and then this vision was kind of coming through of creating this soundscape and I got into looping and and, um, into brain entrainment through that. So then the way I create the loops... um, and the sounds is also through brain entrainment to help people, you know, drop deeper into that meditative state to journey them inwards. And um, there's this beautiful um, like sacred thread that I follow when I'm in ceremony and it's just following this this thread and it's not like a linear thread. It kinda of goes in like twelve D. And this is stuff like, like learning through working with like um, ayahuasca, with, with Wachuma or San Pedro and through mushrooms. And I learn a lot through sound healing, through working with plants as well. Um, and following the sacred thread and just continually always just follow this thread through ceremony and just allowing that to unfold and to take people to where it needs to go. And it's generally like a, like an inwards really deep down into the underworld journey, then up into this like deep loving space and expansiveness and just allowing whatever needs to unfold, people to unfold.
0: Wow. That is such a beautiful journey that you've been on. And I love... I love every part of that story. Like it feels like each part, like clicked together and, and build upon each other and built upon each other until you've kind of created this like masterpiece that you have now with all of these different facets of you that come together. Like you were saying, following that one thread, um, so beautiful. And, I'm, all, I'm really passionate about music as well and I've been a musician my whole life and I've worked with sound healing as well and it's just amazing to me all of the different instruments, how each one of them with their own frequency and their own um, lineage, you know, the ancestral lineage of the place that used that instrument or created that instrument. Each each instrument has its own healing frequency and its own medicine that it's adding to the table and bringing to the table and and activating like a different part of you or a different part of your body or a different space. Um, So powerful. And, And so I know that this is kind of a huge, giant question, but I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit just your take about. What is the power of music, and and why does it move us in the way that it does? Why does it music have the power to heal us and to transform us?
2: Yeah, so working with sound and music, um, you know, it has the ability to transcend through and pass through the analytical mind, So that thinking mind, and it just comes straight into the body and it brings into that that felt sense, and it helps to shift that the brain wave patterns as well so you're coming out of like alpha or beta into like delta and, and theta and in those those parts of the brain waves a lot of healing can you know be unlocked and so it, when you're coming into those theta and delta you're coming to the unconscious part of the self and it's allowing that to um to be processed to to, to come alive and you know if you, you know you're talking about music as well and you know, sometimes you'll hear a song and it will just hit you so deep inside if your heart or you'll hear a song and it really inspire you. Or you'll hear a song and it really kind of charge you up. And it's that these these uh, these frequencies that come through music is igniting, saying that is already within yourself. But then when we work with sound and sound healing, it's um like vibrational medicine, right? So we're all vibrating at certain certain frequencies, and our organs will vibrate at different frequencies. Our you know our organs, our like disease and health and emotions, everything vibrates differently, right? So these uh, sacred sounds lift up the vibration or lift up our own personal vibration, our own energetic blueprint vibration up. And anything that is out of um, resonance with that higher vibration will just dissolve. And so through sound, like uh, sometimes there's like, like it's generally like a non-cathartic experience, but sometimes the body can shake, which is, you know, releasing tension from the nervous system. Sometimes there's emotions coming through and as you know, sound is teaching us not to, um, not to hold on to anything and it just allows that to wash it away. And then so with the sounds, when I'm making the sounds in ceremony, I'll do it in a way to really build up a lot of energy in people and then use the next bit of sound to wash that away and to clear that away and then use different sounds to o- open people up, open up like energetic field um, and to clear it out and then use sound and, and, um, and song and um, like light language to kind of seal people Back together and then ground them back in, um, but sound is is absolutely incredible. And there's you know not just sound healing, but just frequency in itself can be absolutely healing for you know a lot of people. And it can be very subtle, and it can be also you know be quite potent at the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, so cool. Have you found that people need to be in person with you to experience kind of the healing aspects of the sounds that you're creating in ceremony?
2: So I used to um, pre COVID, I was just I just loved being in person. I never wanted to do, like record anything. I never wanted to be um, do anything online. I just loved being in that space. But when COVID kind of hit, we um, we actually found some equipment that brought through really high quality, high definition sound, and um, we were holding our ceremonies online. And I wasn't sure at the start of how that was going to to be, or if I was able to do that for everyone. But then after the first one we had people that were coming to our in-person ceremonies that were like enjoying it the same when some were enjoying it more because they were like one that were like able to be in their own home for it and when they had good headphones on the sounds were just like right there in them and then so that was just able to transcend through that and you know within these these realms like there's time and space isn't linear and you're able to kind of you know shift through that so um, yeah people don't need to be in person to, to fully receive it either which is amazing really cool
0: yeah isn't it amazing technology um playing such a big part in the shift that we're happening because of us not being able to be in physical proximity with each other i think it Mm -hmm. really shows people how uh, we're able to connect energetically even when we're not physically together but through technology like we're really able to have our consciousnesses meet and Mm -hmm. you can feel that connection you can feel someone's energetic field and i feel like technology is just um a mirror that is showing us The truth that you know before we didn't think was possible because we hadn't experienced it, but um, I think it's really amazing how we're all having to shift and it's kind of opening our eyes in new ways because we're being forced to change a little bit
2: yeah, seeing the power of technology and how it can just really amplify what's what's already there
1: right
2: yeah yeah, yeah so amazing grateful for, grateful for that
1: so I wanted to ask you what kinds of ceremonies do you curate or put together for people is it Sound ceremonies, um, cacao. Like, what are the different types of ceremonies that you host and that you find are the most um, healing or impactful?
2: Hmm. Good question. And there's a, a few that I do, and it really depends on, you know, what the desired outcome is. But one of the main ones that we do, and this is one that me and Sammy were traveling around Australia with, is called Soul Flight. Which was the first gift from Kikau that Kikau gave me, Um, and it's a mixture of you know meditation, you know gentle breath work, and the sacred sounds and that deep sound journey. Um, That's kind of one, and there's so many healing transformations that people receive through that. Um, Another one that we do is also with Kikau and and uh, like a deeper breath work journey with integrative sounds as well Um, for people that want to really you know have that deep cathartic release. Um, Also work with with Kambo and um, Sananga and and Harpe and help people release in that way as well. Um, And that's a really deep purgative, really deep um, release, clearing, um, and rejuvenation. And they're the ones that I'm working with at the moment.
1: I don't really know about any of those, really. Those, the different, they're plant medicines, I'm assuming, and one is the the frog. Oh, combo!
2: One? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> okay, so I don't know anything about yeah um, those well, medicines. I,
2: yeah, when I first heard about combo, I was like, "There's no way I'm having that." <laughs> I was just like, yeah. <laughs> "Why would someone want to put frog poison on their arm?" And then um, I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, which is um, you know attacking the thyroid. And then I was like, oh, "I need to." You know, heal, and I heard Kambo was really powerful for that. So I started working with Kambo and Kambo just like shifted my life completely and it was so powerful. And at that time I was doing a lot of work with Tantra and I remember my first combo session, he gave me such a big, big dose of, of Kambo. I thought I was going to die. And I remember seeing the words like Tantra in front of me and they just all dissolved and they said, that's not your path. Like walking the shamanic path is your path. And then from that moment on I was, really like, you know, step deeper into that shamanic path. And then so I worked with a, a medicine man that had come over from Brazil um, in Perth for a bit. And then I went back to, to Peru and I spent about six and a half weeks in the jungle uh, and I started an apprenticeship there, working with combo with one of the medicine men there. And, um, you know, I started working with a tabacero and a iscero um, there and doing an isolation diet and, you know, learning more about medicine through that. And then I think maybe four months after that, went to Brazil to spend time with this tribe called the Catequina tribe, which is, um, it's like in a place called Acre, which is, you know, close to the border of like, uh, Peru and Brazil, like deep in the Amazon jungle. And we spent about, you know, two weeks with them, 15 days with them, you know, being initiated into working with Kambu. So Kambo and the other two that they work with is, is Harpe and Sananga. And Harpe is, um, a mixture of it's like tobacco, uh, well, mapacho, so it's like jungle tobacco, and it's called like nicotina rustica. Um, and it's mixed with different, you know, plants or trees like tree ash, um, and sometimes herbs and spices, and it really depends on the desired outcome or like the healing purpose of what that person is doing. So there's like ceremonial um harpies. There's like one called the summer Uma, which is like this huge tree. It's like 950 years old. It's massive. And they use that for like deep, you know, ceremonial things. There's a uh, harpies that is, you know, used just for for purging. There's there's harpe to bring up energy from the stomach. There's harpe to become cleared and centered. And, you know, working with harpy is grounding anyway because of the tobacco in it. Um and that masculine spirit that comes through. And Sananga is a, it's like an eye drop um, and it's from this shrub and it's really hot, really spicy. And when you put it into your eyes, you only really need one drop, especially if it's like really strong. And it it's, heals all kind of like ocular problems, any kind of like glaucoma or, you know, astigmatism, or if you have like helps of intuition with foresight um, and you, you know, put it into, drop it into your eyes and it, it like stings like a motherfucker. It's real, real <laughs> strong. Um, it's really powerful. And, you know, so they, they kind of work, you know, separately and also together in that, in that as well. So, you know, sometimes it's work straight with harpe or just, you know, sit and have some sananga. Um, yeah.
1: Wow. So do people, um, I guess in ceremony, do they tell you what they're wanting to work on and what they're wanting to kind of the, experience that they're wanting to have, the shadow stuff that they're wanting to process, and then you kind of um guide the ceremony from there based on the plant medicines that they mm. might want to use or yes. how does that work?
2: So um so flood and the cacao embrace like the breathwork in, in cacao and sound journey is that all in person um I'm oh, sorry or in, in group situations. So um we set the energy and we code the energy so Whoever feels called to work with cacao, we teach people about what cacao is, what sound is, what breathwork is about, and people just feel called to work with that that medicine. And then so they they come into that space. Um, people that want to work with Cambo, they it's, it's like a calling, like the the spirit of that of that medicine calls people, and so I just kind of trust in that. Uh, when people come and work with me, uh, like one on one in a one on one space. Um, I attach to them about, you know, what's coming up from what they want to do, um, what they're looking to, you know, let go of. And we just, you know, work from there. And a lot of my my sessions are generally becomes into like breath work or comes into somatic release and, you know, trauma release and and stuff like that.
1: That is amazing. I'm like... uh wanting to go and experience that right now. I'm like, literally my brain is like, okay, when am I going to be in Bali? Can I make (laughs) it over to Australia? Because I want a one-on-one session where you can just facilitate this. It just sounds so, um, it nourishing. And that honestly, that word describes you so perfectly, Tim. Um, we met Tim once before and with his human design chart and, just your energy in general, Tim, it's so nourishing just to be around you, to be in your presence. Um, and so that I had no idea about all of these different plant medicines or frog medicines, I guess, in one case, (laughs) like I had no idea about these. And, um, I'm just so excited to keep learning more. It just sounds amazing. Um, so that's so, so cool. So I love that, um, you're I guess I don't want to say passionate, but your soul, your soul path has been through sacred ceremony, whether that is with cacao or sound or plant medicines. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really, uh, I guess, awe-inspiring.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and um, it is whatever at the moment was really calling me forward is is um, having my hands on people and doing body work and energy work and shamanic body work in when people are in these like altered states of of consciousness and the stuff that can kind of be purged, that can be extracted, that can be like brought in and, and released is absolutely um amazing. And yeah, it just lights me up being able to do that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Being in person is so um well, especially for you as a two four generator, it's like your medicine is being able to physically connect with people and be around them and curate a space that feels safe and feels comfortable where people feel seen. And they feel, um, that they can be completely themselves around you That is like your superpower as a two, four. So I just love, I love it. I love it all. And you're so intuitive. You are like the most intuitive, um, man that I have met actually. And it's, it's, Just really special. So I'm curious about what that looked like for you with, I guess, discovering that you are intuitive or um, making friends with your intuition that has led you down this shamanic path. Like as a man in today's current society, a lot of times we're taught that intuition is um, not manly or is taboo or I mean, what has that journey been like for you?
2: Yeah, it was quite tough to begin with um, especially when I was younger and knowing all the times that like I suppressed it and uh, I was reflecting with this with Sammy yesterday actually and there was times when when I found it really hard was that I would foresee things happening and I couldn't stop it or like I wanted to stop it but I couldn't and it's just like how life has this natural progression and the intuition is just like really showing what's what's there Um, but now like I see it as a superpower and um, and at times it's, it's still, it still it still feels painful at times for me, um, especially when I feel something that is going to be uncomfortable. You know, kind of comes up, and um, or seeing how things are going to unfold and it unfolds in that way. But you know, with the work that I do, it's um, yeah, it's incredible. Like I'm, I feel so blessed to to be so intuitive in these spaces. Um, And one, because, you know, I feel so deeply and I generally feel, not generally, I always feel what other people are feeling. And then sometimes, you know, I feel it before um, they feel it themselves. And that's been a massive um, shift for me on, on learning to embrace that and on the balance between projecting what I'm feeling and being open to what's actually there rather than, and that projecting of what I want to do there at the same time. It's been like a, a process ongoing. Um, but now, I, yeah, I love, I love being really intuitive. I love being really open. And well, I like a like a superpower for me as well.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because um, your human design chart, your main sun gate is gate 57, which is the most intuitive gate in the body graph. And your earth gate is the gate of shock. So you are literally meant to shock people out of complacency um, and use your intuition and what you're talking about with emotions. You have a completely open solar plexus. So amplifying people's emotions, really feeling what they're feeling. And it's interesting to hear your experience with being so intuitive that you're able to kind of have this foresight of what they're going to be feeling and feel their emotions before they feel them. That's super, super interesting because gate 57 is all about the future and having Mm. that foresight, um, and sensing, you know, what's going to happen. So being so sensitive in this place of emotion, it just makes sense that you would be able to sense that for them ahead of time. Mm. Um, yeah it's your chart is so spot on with what you're doing and we say this all the time on the podcast but we just love it like we love to witness it we love to see how different we all are and how you can be using every single one of your gifts and it looks completely different than me using every single one of my gifts um Mm -hmm. and that it's led you down this shamanic path is Amazing, it's absolutely beautiful because you're being able to really lean into both of these gates and, and shock people. I'm sure that there's people listening that are like, What the fuck did he just say? You put fog <laughs> venom on your skin, like, <laughs> that's crazy. It's like, Yes, gate of shock, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> take it, it was, in.
2: It's interesting. Hey, when I was um seeing that, and um, one of the gates is like shock into the heart of spirit, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um, pretty much everything that's happened in my life, like, I never have gentle awakenings or gentle openings is always like this big, big Mack truck that, that hits like every <laughs> single kind of initiation that I've, that I've had has, has been this big shock into that. Um, and even like when my intuition got like blown open during this shamanic awakening, like I actually thought I was going crazy at the time with what I was feeling, what I was seeing. And you know I was hearing my partner's thoughts as well. And I was replying to what she was saying, Um, like that, all of that stuff kind of calmed down a bit afterwards, but that was like this huge thing that had happened. I was like, holy fuck, like I'm going crazy. Like what's going on? This is, (laughs) this is nuts. Um, but now I'm, you know, really it's teaching me a lot of discernment as well, Mm -hmm. a lot of discernment and a lot of like conditioning that I've had before of, of feeling like I've needed to, to fix things straight away or needing to like, uh, like i feel someone's stuff and i feel this pressure and i feel that that needs to release and then just discerning of like what i what is my role in that place as well um, And something that you guys said to me when we when we spoke earlier about you know a lot of the my channels are projected and how someone like that needing to be invited into it i um, mean knowing that like sometimes like my opinion isn't received well um in those in those times and and having that sense of discernment um in that has been you know it's been really good teaching for me as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah so powerful and i just think it's so amazing how we're having such a mass awakening collectively and you know there's these individuals that you come across that are a little bit ahead of the curve and they've experienced such a wider perspective of what the truth is than what the normal person is is really perceiving um, and things like plant medicine And even, you know, something as gentle as cacao, I really believe that these plant medicines are having such a renaissance where they're coming back to really help us awaken and open our perceptions and be more open to the things that we are actually able to perceive. But we have just been so conditioned and so closed down from believing that those things are real or valid or true. And honestly, they're the highest truth. So um, I just think it's so amazing, like you even bringing... Um, ceremony and really that being your calling to cultivate these ceremonies, to bring them to people and to introduce people to plant medicine. And of course, these things, ceremony and plant medicine, are ancient human spiritual practices that our ancestors have been doing forever. And now they're seeming to be new age. You know, they're like these new things that are leading us in. But I was wondering if you could kind of shed any light for us about um how you think what happens when we are not able to connect in this way when we are not able to have a, a space a ceremonial space where we can really be ourselves and find healing with other people and even with the help of plant teachers and um, you know the spirit realm like w- what do you see that void is when people are missing out from that?
2: Mm. It, it shows up as as disconnection you know we're all on this journey together walking each other home right and we're all where we're meant to be but this is showing up right with with such disconnect from ourself and the and one of the main reasons you know working with in ceremony is to reconnect to who we are reconnecting to our own truth and there's like a sacred order that comes through ceremony and there's like a, a purging that needs to come and that purge can look in so many different forms. Sometimes it's through emotions. Sometimes it's through like you know, some of the stronger medicines, like ayahuasca, for example. You might be like vomiting, or you might you know have diarrhea, or shaking and crying, and you have this like purgative effect. But after the after the purge comes the clarity, comes the the the, the home time, and um, as we step into ceremony, no matter what it is, it's teaching us to not resist that pain, not re- not to resist that suffering and to witness that all of our wounds are sacred and our wounds are a portal into our soul and into ourself and to have the strength and courage to dive headfirst into our wounds and to love and embrace that which we have been pained with and to receive the gift from that. And that is the gift of, of ceremony is, is coming into that. And the way I work with cacao. With um, and with the breath and, and the sound, right, is to you know help people get into an altered state of consciousness because sometimes the ego can really impact the depth at which we can go. So once the ego is is um, not in the main driver's seat, like it starts to you know dissolve slightly. The you're able to, you know, drop deeper into that place and, you know, be more open to releasing that condition. You don't have the nails digging in so much to, to hold on to things that, you know, you know aren't serving you, but you still don't want to let it go. And um, I, I see collectively such a lack of connection to, to ourself. And when we aren't able to connect deeper to ourselves, we aren't able to connect deeper to our partners, to our friends we aren't able to connect deeper to our community we aren't able to connect deeper to the earth and then to the collective and so a lot of this work is always pointing inwards in this radical responsibility in this complete ownership of the self and understanding that it might not be your fault that you have you know received trauma that you have received pain and suffering but it is your responsibility to to dive deep and to release that and that is part of the journey that is part of the soul's evolution of why we chose to incarnate into this earth realm into this physical reality is through the evolution of our own soul and knowing that our own soul's journey is unique to ourself not to compare it to everyone else but you know our soul has chosen to experience certain trauma in this lifetime purely for the own for his own evolution of his own soul essence um, and this life you know has its Beginning and ending, and then the soul will choose another life to evolve through, and it's just this ever continual evolution.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing, beautiful, and um, you know that. With that being said, with healing and you know we're being called in a collective way. I feel to to find this self healing and to go within so that we can connect more deeply and we can feel that oneness and feel that truth. Um, and of course, Shana and I are women and in our circles, mostly it's been women, you know, when we have sound baths, when we have cacao ceremony, when we're meeting with our clients for human design, um, it has been for us in our experience over 90% women. And, um, I think, you know, that is in partial, in part because we're women, but also like in America, we're really seeing, um, only now are we seeing men that are coming to healing and that are ready to do the work. Whereas we've been seeing women for, you know, the last 15 years really showing up. And so we're so passionate about really, as we move into this divine feminine era, having both sexes really heal both the masculine and feminine within each of us. And we're so excited when we meet men that are showing up and that are becoming leaders and leading with heart and love. And um, so we wanted to ask you a little bit about what has the journey been for you as a male working with other men, doing men's healing and facilitating that work? Like, was there any conditioning for you there in the beginning or like, how did you come to this calling?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of conditioning at the start and um, reframing what it meant to be a man for me. And so, when I was younger, um, my idea of what it meant to be a man was that, like, if I was able to beat you in a fight, then I was more manly than you, um, and that, you know, like, other men, older men, were the enemy as well. And so, healing that 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 masculine wound, healing that that um that brotherhood wound, um, was huge for me to bring you know people closer in. And having to, you know, I got bullied quite heavily when I was in, in primary school, a lot by other boys, so having to heal, you know, that those bully wounds within myself to, you know, be able to step into this path of service as well. Um, and also, you know, doing work with my dad so my dad actually came to Peru with me the first um my first time we both went together and we sat in the jungle for you know a month and sat lots of times of ire together and we healed a lot within our relationship so healing within that father wound as well was was huge for me in, in um reclaiming what it meant to be a man as well and for me like understanding that my dad had always loved me but I was resistant to his love like I didn't want to let his love in and um and reframing what it meant to be what intimacy meant as well and that you can be intimate with someone without having any kind of sexual connection as well and what intimacy looks like between two men um and that depth of connection that two men can have that love on a deep brother level um where you are your brother's keeper and they are your keeper and you can hold each other through that and and the power with with working with men and men working with men is is the ability to be seen by another man in all that you are and to reframe what it means to be challenged by another man and see that challenge as growth and to be held by another man through your own process, to be held in your grief, to be held in your anger, to be held in um, whatever is there for you in your sadness by another man is is so, so powerful and so healing. And so a lot of the work that we, we do is... Um, is like group work, is is one on one, is like circle work, and allowing the man in the middle to feel whatever needs to be felt, and allow that to be processed and to be held by his brothers in there, um, and it's is is really really powerful, and you know we've seen a lot with this with the feminine awakening, the feminine rising, and you know, it began a lot within women first and, and the feminine was rising Then grew within men. And then a lot of men started waking up and started being like, holy shit, I'm feeling all these emotions. Like, what the fuck am I meant to do with all of this? Like, I, I learned that I'm not allowed to cry, that I'm not allowed to show my emotions. Like, what am I meant to do? And, and it's all like starting to bubble up, right? And then so this men's movement started happening with, you know, helping men process through their through their emotions, through their the tapping into their feminine and now what we're seeing is this masculine energy rising up as well which is seeing through the dismantling and you're seeing on a collective level right the dismantling of so many structures that is happening at the moment and it's also happening for everyone as well and so i'm not too sure about um for both of you personally but you know i've had um you know female clients where they're like feeling like their container or the 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 masculine show around them is just cracking open. And it's this new wave of masculine energy that's been anchored into into everyone to um, to hold a greater space. And so when we speak about masculine and feminine, you know, both men and women or whatever you identify yourself as you both have these energies within you. And feminine doesn't mean female, masculine doesn't mean male. It's just these energies that we we hold right. And so the feminine is our expression, it's it's life, it's the flow, it's creativity, it's like everything, right? And the masculine is the container. And the old masculine um, viewpoint was that, you know, they had to hold the feminine, they had to control the feminine, right? Um, because she was weak or this sense of like the masculine is is this protector energy right so the masculine felt like it was having to protect the, the feminine because it was weak but now this new wave of masculine energy is coming in is the protector is the container that which holds the feminine not because she's weak but because she's so powerful and for her for the feminine to fully drop into um the depth into the expansiveness and into the the vastness of that feminine energy there needs to be such a safe container around that for it to drop deeper and more expansive into that space and that's that masculine energy that's coming in at the moment and so when we're working with men you know we're really teaching that within men is to you know how to hold space how to create that space and i for myself like i see men you know part of the reason why men have chosen to be here is so that they can be the embodiment of the masculine energy and you know for women they are the, the, the embodiment of, of the divine feminine energy. And so this ways that we're doing is like opening that up and healing both sides of that, healing the feminine, healing the masculine, and allowing that that shift, that deep shift to take place. So it's not just happening on a personal level, but then it ripples out to relationships, ripples out to community, to the collective and and everyone. And it's just happening on a global level at the moment. It's happening at such a rapid rate. Um, that you know we can no longer hide, and you know we just come through this eclipse, and there's like so much illumination that is happening right now on everyone's shadow, and seeing the illumination that is happening within the wounds of the masculine and within the wounds of the feminine that's just being highlighted up, and there's literally nowhere you can hide anymore with with this shit coming up. So, yeah, was that answering your question?
0: Yes, that's yes. I mean, yes. <laughs> I love,
1: I literally want to take that whole sound bite of what you just said and like play it on repeat for every man in my life and for me (laughs) to really um, embody it and like take it on and remember it because Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so many. um, I I really do feel that there's so many men that need to heal and that that is going to Going to be a such a big part of this new shift in paradigm and in um, in our collective healing, and it's it's just mm-hmm. I'm ready for it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think and- um, a beautiful point would make on that is you know I have a lot of women ask me like how can I hold space for my man? Like what am I? How can I help my man heal? And the mm-hmm. the, the key the key point for that is is to step out of that fixer role because. Women can fall into that. I need to fix my man. He's not where I want him to be, and this sense of like, um, or like superiority o- over the man of that they he needs to be something to to be loved. And I always my reply is always like, can you love him where he he is at right now? Are you able to be open to where he is at right now? Mm-hmm. And if you want to hold space for him, first you must you know dive into your own masculine wounding and your own container and and allow that masculine energy within to mature from this like juvenile or infantile energy into this more mature, open, sacred masculine energy rather than this like kind of like, you know, for lack of better terms, like boy-like energy, right? Mm-hmm. And then like how can we heal, like look into healing that that masculine wound. Um And then mm-hmm. as you heal that masculine wound, as you start to embrace that, your own masculine core energy, you'll be able to hold space for your partner. And holding mm-hmm. space for your partner while they, they go through their own emotions would look like, you know, loving, uh, and witnessing without judgment, and loving, yes. accepting whatever is whatever rises up for him in that moment, and making him feel seen, making him feel heard. Because what's happening is is then the dynamics have shifted. shifted right, the um, this is like talking to heteros, heterosexual relationships, right? The the woman will will be holding the masculine pole, and then the Male will be holding the the feminine pole, so his emotions, his feminine is coming out, and and for men, it's a lot about maturing his own feminine energy from coming from that you know juvenile energy mm-hmm. up into this more mature energy. But first off, you know that that energy is, is needing to be seen, to be felt, and to be heard. And the masculine within the in, within his partner is able to hold that and is giving that that transmission, and it's this beautiful mm-hmm. kind of dynamic that weaves in and out between between both partnerships
1: yes 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 i love just how you said that because it's spot on like Mm -hmm. really and i love how you describe um you know healing the masculine energy within yourself as a woman and seeing it taking it from like a boy type of energy to like a a healthy masculine holding that Mm -hmm. space energy and then allowing you know Un, no judgment but allowing the men to heal the feminine energy within mm-hmm. themselves yeah it's just it's so um it's medicine like that mm-hmm. those words are medicine and and i think that there's so much um to be taken for granted with when it comes to seeing somebody with no judgment and that that is the biggest gift that you can give to anyone Is to witness somebody with zero judgment and to love them exactly as they are right now, not the potential that you see them as, or the um, person you want them to be, or the person they sometimes are. But do you love them exactly as they are right now? And and I I just love that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, like when you're when you're doing it, if you're in that space, holding position, like not taking things personally because somebody's reaction might not have anything to do with you. You might feel like it's projection, but when you're in that space of, of no judgment and just witnessing, you're not taking anything personally at all and you're just being there for them and being a mirror for whatever that person, whatever you are reflecting to that person. And if you are feeling like a trigger or feeling like an activation from within when you are like holding space to someone, it's just an invitation to be like, what part of myself do I need to heal and do I need to work on as well? And this, this, this awareness that can, you know, needs to come into conscious relationships, because a lot of the time, what can happen is like, someone either side could be, you know, re- having uh, like an emotional release or an expression, and then the other partner might feel triggered by it, might feel like they're projecting at them, then all of a sudden it's like activating it like a deeper wind within them, but that that they're not aware of, but then they lash back at the person having the emotional release, and it just causes this conflict. But when we, you know bring more awareness into the into the relationship, bring more consciousness into the relationship and know that shit, this isn't actually about myself. This is what they're actually going through. And can I love them right there? And then just be present with that. That that is that is like the the shift that, you know, we're starting to see more and more.
0: Mm -hmm. That is so beautiful. And in human design, um, you know, every gate that we each have, every quality that exists in our design is actually a geometric structure that is made out of yin and yang energy, this masculine and feminine energy. And each one of us has these qualities that have some mixture of all of these, this dance of polarity between negative and positive, masculine and feminine. And um, really, there's so much that you can do for other people when you do for yourself, you know, and so many people ask us, you know, I'm really into my human design, but how can I get my partner to do it? And how can I get my partner to want it? And we always tell people, you know, start with yourself, start with yourself. If you're asking that, you need to go deeper within yourself. Um, and really looking at all of those things, really connecting to your, truth, connecting back to that deep source of who you really are, really accepting yourself and seeing yourself and being there for yourself and shifting from any low expression into the highest expression yourself. When you do all of that work, you instantly are able to hold space for other people and come to them with this light and this clarity because you've connected to your own truth. So I just really love that all of the different healing modalities that you've used and your unique perspective that you're sharing with us, it's so in alignment with what we believe as well. And of course, we've come to it through human design using that as our main modality for healing. But it's just so beautiful to see the way that truth echoes and is reflected in, in all of these different people and with all of these different healing modalities and the way that people come to it is absolutely unique, but there's this one truth that we're all working towards. And that is like this ultimate love, ultimate exception, ultimate unity. Um, that is our home and that is our truth. And I feel so hopeful, like talking to you and just hearing your perspective, like Shana was saying, like you seriously, your medicine is so nourishing and the world is needing it so much. I'm so excited for, um, just us knowing you and for our listeners to be able to connect with you. And so um, I also wanted to ask you just kind of in the same vein of things shifting on a collective perspective and um, the masculine and feminine energies really coming into balance, coming into alignment um, with, with everything that's happening right now with the COVID-19 pandemic and the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the financial and economic masculine structures we're seeing crumble. Um, What do you feel that people can really focus on in this time to do their best to really show up and be a part of this spiritual evolution for the better?
2: Mm. I'd say the key would be to breathe, to be centered and to be present and to be open to what life is showing you. And I feel when COVID kind of hit, and you know, there's a lot of, you know, back end story or like conspiracy stuff or like the bigger picture. I haven't dove too much in with myself, but you know, with that, when COVID kind of hit, it was really giving people an opportunity to go within and to, you know, most people haven't been like told to keep still for that long, for that amount of time with nothing else to do. And, using that as an invitation to really go within, to look deeper within and and using that as an avenue and a pathway to to see parts of yourself that you haven't yet loved and, and embraced yet or even accepted yet. And, you know, with the Black Lives Matter movement, I feel like that in itself has has given especially I'm speaking to through the white perspective is given the opportunity to look at your own or my own unconscious um racial bias um and how that has looked for myself how that has looked for others and using that to start to dismantle and you know this isn't like just like a one week thing that you just that you do for a week it's like an ongoing process and you know ch- having any kind of significant change this isn't going to happen overnight so it's a it's an ongoing process of dismantling of understanding and not being afraid to do or say the wrong thing being open for reflection being open to you know constructive criticism on how you might be able to do something better and how can you invite more change into your life um, and it's like highlighting a lot of that rigidity which is like the old masculine structure as well, how much like rigidness we have within ourselves of not actually wanting to change and not wanting to face off with things that are uncomfortable and things that bring us discomfort. And this is, you know, a big part of like the work that I do is, you know, um, is like leaning in and, and embracing that which makes you uncomfortable and looking into that discomfort and, and seeing deeply in and it might be like a minute part of yourself but looking deeply in to to see um how we can move forwards and how we can embrace that discomfort in a way to learn about that and to learn where has that resistance come from within that discomfort um and if you know like the, the black lives matter movement has been triggering you into the sense of saying like you know well all lives matter but that's not what it's about is saying that like black lives matter just as much as white lives matters, but it's just, you know, not being shown in that way for a long, long, long time. And it's time that we, you know, not just a handful of people, but like the collective needs to um, embrace that and see that as a change. And, um, and I see this just like being highlighted through, you know, all over the world. And I know it's like massive in America, right? But we're seeing it through through Australia as well, and seeing like um, how the Indigenous community are being treated as well, and how many Indigenous deaths are happening um, in custody, and um, how many in, in, like Indigenous men are being are like incarcerated as well, like the that statistics through that, and how poorly you know Indigenous people are. And I've and for myself, like you know, I've um. I think over probably like the last year, um, I got a friend over in America that was helping me a bit with um, going into my own right privilege. So, moving in when this whole Black Lives Matter movement like really blew up, I'd already been doing a fair bit of dismantling myself. But um, it's been really interesting seeing how, how much that has been shifting on a collective level and, and how, how much more support there has been showing and sometimes we only know what we know until we're showing something different and um and i've been loving seeing so many people just start to embrace different change and embrace different different parts and and um and you know it's gonna it's not going to happen overnight but it's it, it's going to happen but it just might be a slow burn and we just all need to stay consistent with that. And I feel like just the energy of twenty twenty within itself is just this huge illumination and it's just no more hiding. There's no more like everything is just being brought up to the surface. And, you know, you're seeing all these like um like the like the um like the child sex slave rings that are all been um broken and all being like brought up into the light and um all that kind of stuff so there's like there's so much happening on a global scale and with like the, the the vaccinations that they're trying to you know force in and there's just so many people are finding their voice as well and it's like there's so much shit that's happening but at the same time like every poison has its medicine and there's so many people that it's like igniting something within people that they never knew they had within them and it's making them like take a stand for justice making this. take a stand for their own truth as like activating this this deep warrior energy in a lot of people and it's like showing people what they're willing to stand up for what they're not willing to stand up for and what are they willing to fight for as well Mm.
1: Mm, mm, mm. yeah it's crazy because um it well it's just i agree with everything that you just said and um, before 2020 happened, so many people, especially in the spiritual community, were like, 2020 vision, 2020 vision, we're gonna see clearly. And I was like, I I didn't resonate. I was like, that's so <laughs> cheesy, like just because it's 2020 does not mean that it's we're gonna see things clearly. Mm. And then, you know, that we're seeing things more clearly of like, oh, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this is wrong, and all of these things are being brought to the surface collectively and within ourselves mm-hmm. like you were saying with what are we willing to stand up for what are we willing to fight for what are we not and it is like illuminating all of the stuff and the structures that do not serve us that need to come down and um and it's just interesting because i was like that's bullshit but actually it's kind of true <laughs> so- Shayna, that is so funny cuz i was literally thinking the same thing like
0: right before you said that i was going to say that <laughs> and Honestly, I was thinking when people said 2020 vision, I was thinking of this instant, sparkly, clear, shiny, like, yeah, it's 2020 vision. But really what we're seeing is this medicinal purge. Like you were talking about, you know, this healing process is we have this shit that is stuck and that has been stuck for a long time. And you don't just snap your fingers and it disappears. You have to purge it out and it has to come up. And that process can be painful while it's happening, Um, I mean, think about vomiting and how uncomfortable that is. But then afterwards, your body has cleared itself. And then there is this clarity. And um, that is a sacred thing. And as much as we try to avoid that painful purge, as much as we try to avoid actually letting ourselves have that process, it is the only way, you know, it is absolutely necessary. And um, I mean, I just think it's, it's, it is really exciting, honestly, to be alive right now, as, as painful as certain things have felt. Um, I feel so excited that we're seeing change happen so quickly. Mm. And like you were saying, people that maybe have never been called to stand up and speak out are being called. And that's a really, really beautiful thing. But it, it is painful. The purge is painful.
2: Yeah. 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 Painful, painful I've been- beautiful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been, um, you know, it it can be really kind of anxiety inducing or depression, depressing to like, have to try to figure out solutions to all of these things that we're feeling and uncovering. And kind of what you said in the very beginning with this question has been my mantra throughout this whole year of just I'm here. I'm open. I'm surrendered. I'm ready to learn. And just kind of be that, that openness I think is what can help us see where we're needed, where things can go and not be closed-minded and not try to contrive things in a way that only serves our point of view of what we've experienced and seen. And so, yeah, that's just been kind of my biggest mantra this year is I'm here. I'm open. I'm ready to be of service. I'm ready to be guided. I'm, I'm here. Mm.
2: That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we're kind of wrapping up, I'm curious to know, you know, um, what do you think people can do? I guess, um, like what is the most powerful thing that people can do to kind of raise the vibration of the planet i know that you've mm. kind of talked on this balancing the feminine energy and like being open and what you were just kind of getting into but like is there one thing that you would say people to start with right now if if um they haven't done any type of plant medicines or mm. breath work or cacao like is there one thing that you can just tell people you know start here
2: first thing that came to my mind was check your judgment and to check your trick what what activates and triggers you. And I think in speaking into that it's looking inwards and looking at, at um our own internal work and that's gonna be lifting up the vibration. But if you're kind of new to it, check we what and who you judge and ask yourself whereabouts that you're judging yourself and, you know, looking at what triggers you about people. Is it, you know, the way they look, the way they dress, the way they act, the way they speak, or what they do. Because any time we have this visceral reaction within our body towards somebody else, it's a clear indication that it's a part of ourselves that we have yet loved and accepted, that we are projecting onto somebody else. And so, if we want to lift up the vibration of the collective of the world, we need to do it within ourselves first. And that's the that's the first step. And if you're unsure on how to do it, you know it's really powerful to find yourself a coach, find yourself um, someone that can facilitate like these processes for you, and um, that can guide you through the journey as well. Because when we start to look inwards, this is like you know that shadow work, and all light work begins in the shadow, right? But if we um, when we start to look into our shadow, it can be really uncomfortable, and sometimes it's a hard pill. To swallow when we start to realize these things about ourselves that we've been projecting—that was this whole time—and then be like, "Holy shit!" Right? So it's really amazing to have somebody in your corner, like a coach, a facilitator, or someone that can guide you through that process, and that can continually bring you back home, and you know, merge that with self-love, acceptance, and forgiveness within yourself, and marry that with that shadow work piece. And I feel the more that we are l- taking care of our own internal world, our own internal realms, we start to lift up that vibration. And it's not like just staying in the shadows and staying in that deep, you know, dark work. It's also like how much joy and love and laughter can we bring into our life as well. So it's the two ends of the spectrum. Expand the amount of joy Mm -hmm. and do the deep dive inwards.
0: Mm, Yeah, that is so powerful. And I just wanted to share with our listeners, Tim, um, your cross of incarnation, because every time you open your mouth, I feel this energy of you that you just cut right through. And it, the things that you say really land, like they feel like they're cutting through the bullshit and landing at home. And then I keep looking back at your cross of incarnation, which is the right angle cross of penetration. And that's kind of like a strange name when you first hear it. But people who have this energy are here in this lifetime to cut through shit and to get right to the bottom, get right to the core. Um, And not everyone is here to do that. And you have these special gifts that allow you to do that with your intuition, with your instincts, Mm -hmm. with the physical sensations that you're able to pick up in your body from different vibrations and even from different planes of reality other than this 3D. Mm -hmm. Um, But so your cross of incarnation is all about, first of all, you using your intuition to read people. And to be able to use that information to guide people towards what is right for them or what is wrong for them um, and away from what is wrong for them. And um, with your energy, being able to cut through the bullshit and really penetrate and land, you're here to help people reach their highest potential and to start anew and to release fear of the future, but to really find that connection with themselves. And it's so beautiful for us to meet someone who is already embodying their cross of incarnation because sometimes it takes people an entire lifetime to come to that um Mm. depending on how fast you're able to move away from your conditioning and how fast you're able to really just be who you are and do the inner work so i just wanted to tell our listeners what your cross is because it's so cool to see the ways that you embody it and the ways that you use these energies to help serve um, Mm. and to help other people how did you feel when you first uh, heard that cross
2: <laughs> was, in your chart? When I, when I first read it, I was, um, it was like a big permission slip. I was like, fuck yeah. It's like, yeah. And so, so much of of my life, like sometimes it comes, it can come through like blunt and sometimes I can say th- things to people and it doesn't have like any haste or anything like that, but then it will like trigger like an emotion in them. And I used to feel quite bad about it. Mm-hmm. And then there was a time when I didn't want to fully speak what I wanted to say because I was, you know, afraid of hurting someone or saying the wrong thing mm-hmm. um, or them taking it the wrong way. Um, so again, it's like that, that path of discernment of knowing mm-hmm. like when and, and how is the right yeah. time to say something to someone. And sometimes, you know, I just know, I just need to say shit to people and, um, and this is something I've been working through through recently is um, a big and especially with this this eclipse that had come through is this there's so much integrity that was coming was being like um kind of anchored in with this this full moon as well. Mm-hmm. And and integrity is such a big part for I me. Mean, when I see things out of integrity, just feeling this need to to say it, um, which has that 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 penetrative you know yeah. impact. Um but when I first had my human design reading, it was awesome. I loved it. It was just it was a game changer for me because it yeah, it made me like understand so much more about myself and why I am how I am and mm-hmm. why I can do what I can do and to really love those those parts of myself and really embrace those parts of myself. So it was an absolute game changer. And when I had it with you guys, it was um it was incredible. It was that, I was like beaming when I got off from you guys. It yeah. Was, it was so good. And amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I love it. It's,
1: it's
0: been so helpful for us too, because the beginning of my spiritual journey was all about, entering into these other realms that are not the physical plane and connecting with this the part of myself that is eternal awareness and spirit and not Dana as a physical human being and that was the beginning of my spiritual journey and then i kind of came back to this this physical plane and i said okay well what does all of that mean for me here you know what am i supposed to do right now in a physical way and how am i supposed to use this awareness and use this energy and be a medicine in this world and um i just love that human design is kind of bringing us this guide and this clarity into this physical realm that we are in so that we can do the other work in other places and just trust ourselves and know ourselves and and it is kind of um human design for a lot of people seems really validating it's like these parts of yourself that you knew you were always supposed to be but we just have this conditioning and this judgment once again you know, the judgment we have in other people, we have it in ourselves. And we think that certain qualities that we have are not good enough, or that they'll never make money, or that they don't matter. And in fact, they do, of course they do. Um, It's just like such a powerful journey of self-acceptance. And I think it aids in your healing in so many other ways.
2: Yeah, it's, yeah, I feel this is a massive pathway of just showing you, like, way what what to be doing, what you should be doing, and, and, and how to do it, you know, better and where you need mm-hmm. to decondition de- de- yourself, perhaps. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, for me, it was just a huge permission slip, huge permission yeah. slip. Yeah. And just to keep yeah. doing what I'm doing. And it was, yeah, it was yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. So this is a totally random question, but I keep feeling like I want to ask you um, <laughs> what animal spirit or animal medicine have you been really called to lately? For some reason, I keep feeling like I want to ask you that.
2: Yeah. So I have, um, A couple, but one is Uh the jaguar that's um, yes, that comes in real strong. The lion also comes in real strong, and then also have like two wolves that that do are like my allies as well. Yeah,
0: amazing. Yeah, I keep feeling like all this animal energy around you. Um, so we're super excited to tell our listeners now about like where they can find you where they can connect with your offerings and Mm -hmm. you are going to be starting a podcast soon which -hmm. we're super excited about so can you tell people a little bit about that
2: yes the podcast is just called the tim morrison podcast and it's just a a series of, of interviews um with people that I feel are just like a game changers that are doing amazing things in the world, that are um, open to be raw and real in, in the experience, to speak about their offerings, what they do, and just to you know highlight and amplify these people that are doing amazing things in the world, and um, yeah, just a space for people to connect and to learn and to grow and to to receive you know different wisdom from from different people. So I'm really excited to to, to launch that, and I've got you guys coming on as well, which is going to be amazing. Um. yeah.
0: Yeah. We are so excited for that and so excited for our listeners to be able to connect with you further in that way. And then also our listeners, um, you can find Tim on his Instagram at Tim Morrison underscore. Is that right? Your Instagram handle?
2: Um. Yeah. At Tim Morrison, two underscores. Uh.
0: Okay. Two underscores. Um, and I really encourage all of you guys listening to go on there and to listen to some of his sacred sounds that he's created. They're so beautiful and so healing. And I'm just so grateful for, you know, in this healing journey, journey, we're not afraid to go into the dark. We're not afraid to go in the shadows, but you're also bringing so much beauty. Um, and so much just like joy to it with that beautiful music. So I'm so grateful for that and so grateful that our listeners can um, tune in. If you're in America, you can listen on Instagram. And then you also are having, um, when you're having live events and ceremonies again in Australia, how can people find those events?
2: Um, Just through my my website and through Instagram mainly. Uh, So my website is www.tim-morrison.com. And then, yeah, just through my Instagram as well. And I think probably in the future as well, we'll still do some online soul flight ceremonies as well. So um we got a lot of people from like um in Europe and Ireland and America that, that have been tuning in on the last one. So we'll we'll do some more of those, I think, in the future.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing I wanted to ask you, you do you host and facilitate your ceremonies with your partner Sammy, which we mentioned um briefly. But yeah. can you tell us a little bit about what that's like for you guys to do these ceremonies together, you and your partner?
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Um, we both have our different gifts and Sammy is, is incredible with working with really high frequency energies and really grounding and anchoring that into the space. She's amazing working in ceremony as well. Um, so she really brings in a lot of like, really divine feminine energy as well. So um, like when I'm doing Soul I'm you know doing all the sounds and stuff. But then Sa- Sammy is like doing, like holding the, um, imprinting these like kind of energetic codes into the space at the same time which is amazing and then when we do you know the other work together it's just it's just amazing just to be of service together and just to work together and to um, kind of like amplify each other's abilities in the space too and you know so when we're doing like um, so like breathwork journeys and um, sometimes there'll be someone I'll know that they will need you know feminine touch so Sammy will be there and sometimes we'll know that they need like masculine touch so then you know, I'll be there so it's just this beautiful weave in and out um it's, it's incredible and it's has its challenges as well and so like you know we work together we, you know obviously live together um so just being in that in that union together um, has its challenges and its gifts and its and its blessings all, all mm-hmm. together yeah
0: hmm amazing and yeah. also I wanted to ask you since you are such a embodied and in alignment generator I wanted to ask you if you could shed a little light for our other generators that are listening when it comes to living in response and really being fully present and fully in your body and allowing yourself to observe what is around you and to find your inspiration for action based off of what you're really feeling and observing, um, what how has that been for you? Or like, what is a piece of advice that you could give to other generators or manifesting generators to just be more present and to really observe and receive their environment?
2: Mm. So this is dropping out of the mind and into the body. So, you know, daily practice could look like doing some breath work or some breath control where you're, you know, breathing in through the nose, out through the mouth and having some holds in between and just to really drop yourself out of your mind into your body doing some movement. And then for me, it's always like a big fuck. Yes. Like it's a big, like, ignition through my body that I feel. Um, and generally it's like in my lower lower self as well that I start to feel through my belly and through like my primal center as well. I feel this like um, just, just this yes. And sometimes I just get like this instant hit and I just need to act straight away on that um, and just pretty much responding to that. And this was a huge one for me as well because was, was I was, knew that I was always initiating things but then realizing that I was initiating from the response that was a big turning point for me as well. And then so realizing that like, it's not that I was waiting to respond to something. I was just in my flow and then I would feel something or be aware of something and I'd be like, this is what needs to be done and then bang, do it. And um, I think the more and more you do that, the, the stronger it gets. And, you know, at the start, it can be, not off-putting, but it might be a little bit scary because you know sometimes your mind wants to conceptualise why you want to do something, but it's just trusting in the wisdom of the body and knowing that that like that is your gift, that your body is going to guide you and to to trust in your body, and to yeah trust in the body.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because Shana and I do not have a defined sacral chakra and we are not generators. So we love to have um, these fully present embodied generators just share a little bit of wisdom so that people who have a similar design can really hear you and activate um, that truth within themselves. So thank you. Tim, thank you so much for being here with us today and for sharing your wisdom and your heart and your soul with us. We appreciate you so much and we appreciate the work that you and your partner, Sammy, are doing in this world. Like you are this like grounding rod to us of divine masculine presence and strength and hope and healing and clearing. So Thank you so much for being here. And we're really, really looking forward to connecting with you on your podcast and to be able to send our listeners over there so they can continue the conversation with you. Um, And for all of our listeners, of course, you know where you can find us on our Instagram at Dayluna, and you can connect with us in our readings and our offerings on our website. Hello. Um, hello at daylunalife.com, um, daylunalife.com and, um, for everyone listening, thank you for being here with us today and for sharing in this conversation for us. It was so nourishing and grounding after this eclipse energy of things kind of being shooken up and these old wounds coming to surface and just breathing through them and being present and being reminded by Tim of why we're doing this, what it's here for. And how it's a beautiful blessing and how we can lean in to this purge, lean into letting go of these shadows, re- working through them so that we can find that clarity of that 2020 vision that
1: we were talking about um, before speaking the year started. Of, speaking of 2020 vision, I wanted to ask you earlier when you were talking about those eye drops that burn your eyes, like... <laughs> Do you have just like the best fucking vision ever now?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know. I feel like I see.
1: is on so it. so curious. She wants to fly to that. Australia and do every plant medicine you talked about. Yeah. With. Well, I'm with wearing you. glasses right now and you're talking about astigmatism. We're talking about 2020 vision. We're talking about seeing ourselves more clearly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, do you have like... Amazing vision because of obviously <laughs> the spiritual work, but like also those eye drops. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you going to be able to find someone. You're on the West Coast team.
1: Hey? Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in California. Yeah.
2: yeah, there'll be someone in California for sure. That'd be serving Sananga, 100%. That is
1: so yeah. funny. I'm going to have to look it all up. And yeah. we're going to have to meet in person, so yeah, can't sure. wait until we can travel again. Mm. Bali is our... Um, literally where we're headed together, Dana and I, and we're so close there. We'll have to pop over.
2: Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. And thank you for allowing me to share my medicine with you and your listeners.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tim. And thank you again, everyone for listening in. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day.